Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. This is week seven preview. I'm your host, Alex, joined by my two bros, Holt Smash and Mr. JB Brooks. Holt Smash, you got that old man patience going on right now? Yeah, man, I really do. Um, You know, not to go too much behind the scenes here, but been waiting about 15, 20 minutes for Alex to come on this podcast, and he got busy watching the App State game because that's where his uh, girlfriend went to school. And so he has adopted App State as his second favorite team, and we have to delay the podcast and have to stay up like 30 extra minutes just so JB, or just so Alex can watch the stupid-ass App State game. <laughs> Actually, a pretty good game so far, but... It is. Hey, ain't nothing wrong with missing it for watching football. I mean, I could be missing it watching baseball. That would be pretty bad. Yeah, well, I don't even watch baseball anymore, so. Yeah, yeah. Mr. J.B. Brooks, how about that Cardinals tonight? I was hoping he wouldn't bring it up, but uh, it was a very impressive win. Uh, it was really relaxing. It was fun. I mean, I mean, I knew after the first inning it was over, and I was able to just relax and just watch it. I was hoping they would take Jack Flaherty out early and let him get more rest, but rather just probably not talk about it. Why not? I'm outnumbered. I'm outnumbered here. Well, you think we're going to bully you or something? No, I mean, I just, I mean, I, I, I understand. Well, sorry, not to have a tongue twister. I understand the how the feeling that Holt has right now because I know what it's like to have my sports teams let me down. But on the flip side, I finally get a team that actually performs for me because I've had some pretty bad sports misfortunes in the last yeah. few years. JB, stop being a little bitch. Tennessee sucks at football, and the Cardinals beat the Braves and are going to the NLCS. You should, like, embrace this moment. You don't have a lot. Even the Grizzlies I- are- I absolutely am embracing it, quietly embracing it. Nah, ain't, ain't nothing wrong with embracing the team winning by a lot. I was uh, listening to it on the way home from work because, unfortunately, the game starts at 5 uh, Eastern time, so nobody can really watch it until you get home from work. And I was listening. I was like, man, they scored four runs in the first inning, and then they said another hit and another hit and an error and all this stuff. And I was like, wait, this is still the first inning. This is still the Cardinals. Like, four yeah. runs down, you think – you know, we can we can maybe come back by the time the eighth or ninth inning comes around. We could we could get four runs. That's not that's not too hard. But when we get to then, up, upwards of seven, eight, nine runs, that's when it gets kind of unreachable. Yeah, it was just complete self destruction in the first uh, inning. I mean, it wasn't just hits by the Cardinals, but also uh, some errors made by the Braves. Uh, one error by Freddie Freeman, another error of by uh, on a pass ball on a strikeout that Yanni Molina got safe, and another run came in. Also, a few walks that led to runs being scored. I mean, it was just 
the perfect storm in that inning for the Braves. I mean, it was just complete self-destruction. And when you allow 10 runs in the first inning, I mean, you're not going to recover from that playoff game or regular season game. I mean, sure. You come back from that, I mean, it's the greatest comeback in history. If you sure, come sure, back sure. from 10 runs down. So, it's, uh... I mean, it was, pretty much already over after the first inning. It's just a terrible uh, way to start a game. Everybody says it's Atlanta sports being Atlanta sports, and some people even have branched out from that and said it's Georgia sports being Georgia sports. But whole, I don't agree with that because uh, even Georgia football fans will complain like, oh, man, why can't we have anything nice? I mean, I'm pretty sure there's like 10, 11, 12 other SEC teams that would take Georgia right now as a football team going – you know, undefeated right now and probably going to win the East and play in the SEC championship in the playoff again. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Georgia fans really have a ton to complain about. I mean, yeah, they haven't won a national championship since, like, 1980 or whatever it was. But, I mean, let's be real. Like, they recruit really well and they're a really good program. And, uh, you know, a lot of schools would definitely change places with them, as you as you mentioned. Um, but, you know, I mean, as far as – the Braves go. It sucks. I'm sad. But luckily, I was at work, so I missed the whole first inning, and I didn't have to watch like one play the entire game. So there you I go. Never, I didn't. I didn't have to sit through it. Um, I already knew before uh, before I even got off work that the game was over, and then I didn't even have to watch it. So I just came home and played some NCAA football, and uh, just you know, I literally the three teams left in the National League are the three teams I hate the most, like by far, and. Uh, I'm just really sad that one of those teams is going to make it to the World Series because I really hate all three of them. And uh, it, what also sucks is that, like, really, I don't like any of the teams in the American League either. I mean, I guess I'm just pulling for, like, whoever wins the Astros Rays Series right now. Therefore, you don't watch baseball anymore. I got you. You say that, though. I feel like you still watch it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You Usually, you would think that I would, uh, me being, like, a diehard baseball fan like I am. But, you know – once the Braves get eliminated, I usually am just, like, so over it because baseball is such a slow death, like, that usually, like, by the time the Braves get knocked out, I'm just so worn out. I don't even want to watch anymore. Not to mention that, like, you know, I really hate the Dodgers and they're just, like, dominating the National League the last few years, and I just don't really enjoy watching them play well. Yeah. This is where I find out about who who uh, who all the other teams, who plays for all the other teams. Like, I just learned about Flaherty, like, this past week. I learned he's pretty good, and that's just how it goes for probably, I think, I feel like a lot of uh, casual baseball fans, you get into the playoffs, you're like, oh, I guess this team's good. This player's pretty good. But you know what? Hold, this is a football podcast, and you know what can cheer you up from the Braves losing as a big win at Tennessee this weekend for Mississippi State. You know, we, we talked about this game um, at the beginning of the year, and y'all were both going to go to this game as a little road trip, and I was actually going to join along. But since the uh, start of the year, things have kind of gone downhill. And now um, it's not looking like a great game. But you can get tickets pretty cheap, hole, And sometimes that might be worth it. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed that uh, we weren't able to make it happen. Um, just like with our work schedules and, uh, you know, Knoxville being like six, hour, six hours away from Memphis. Um, you know, it would have been cool. Our teams don't play very often. Um, so... But you know what? We can still just watch it here from our living room uh, for a lot less stress. And um, it should still be exciting. Um, but, you know, it would have been cool to uh, see Mr. State in a road game, uh, especially when they're favored in. Um, but you know what? It wasn't meant to be. If it's not meant to be, it's not meant to be. It's the reverse of the um, very popular, your, fam- uh, your favorite Florida Georgia line band hold. 
the very uh, inverse of it. It's not meant to be. It's not meant to be. JB, uh, Florida LSU is the biggest game this week in the SEC and probably nationally. You could argue the um, Oklahoma-Texas game is pretty big as well, obviously. But outside of that game in the SEC, um, I'm pretty excited to see this Alabama-Texas A&M game. I still remember when te- – I'm still old enough to remember when Texas A&M beat Alabama, and I feel like the fans there in College Station still think they can beat Alabama. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a, a reason to have some optimism just based off history alone. But as far as this season is concerned, uh, I wouldn't be that confident. I mean, it's just, A&M definitely has some issues they have to uh, resolve. And Alabama right now is just on an absolute roll. And uh, their offense is really just, you know, unstoppable at the moment. Uh, their passing game is, you know, really, you know, clicking on all cylinders and uh, Jimbo Fisher's uh, team hasn't really played with as much confidence as I would, as I hope to see uh, at the beginning of this season. But you know they had a uh, some time off to uh, regroup, and I'm anxious to see what they show this weekend. I mean, I hope that they come out with some fights, and I mean, I, I think they will. But uh, how long is it until Alabama starts enforcing their will? Do y'all know why this is the CBS game and why the Alabama or the LSU Florida game is not the CBS game? I mean, I know, understand that's that's a night game, but maybe that's something that ESPN called off well before CBS. I don't know how it works out. I can tell you right now that LSU probably had a hand in it because LSU does not want a day game in Death Valley. Like they want to have a big night game at, in that in their stadium, especially since they're not getting the out. You know, usually they have the Alabama game every you know every other year at home at night. But CBS, you know, that those games are during the day. And Death Valley does not want to play games that during the day, especially last week when they had to play an 11 a.m. snoozer. I mean, that was just, you know, you know, malpractice. You'd have LSU have to play at 11 o'clock. So, yeah, obviously the school did not want to have that happen again. So, I can guarantee that they had a hand in requesting the SEC and the, and, the bro- and the TV broadcasters to not select that game as the CBS game. Jay, you're going to have to tell everybody in the back to be quiet. I can't, I can't even hear you talk about how uh, great LSU is right now. Dalton, shut the fuck up. Yeah, there you go. Um, Holt Smash, uh, Vanderbilt's playing a game where they should win by double digits. Are you going to – can you get used to the idea that Vanderbilt might actually dominate a team for four quarters? No. Uh, <laughs> no, I <laughs> I thought that was your answer because you want to get to sleep early tonight. <laughs> well, I mean, it isn't just that. I mean, I just – I mean, UNLV is pretty bad. They're one and four. But Vanderbilt's still only a 14-point favorite. And pretty much everyone has scored on Vanderbilt this year. So, I mean, man, I don't know. Like, I just – I have a hard time believing Vanderbilt's going to blow out anybody. And on the flip side, let's go to some other games real quick. We're just going to cover all these really quickly, and then we can uh, go into more detail for some of the other ones. Um, Ole Miss, Missouri, Holt, um, are you expecting your boy Plumlee to go off against Missouri, another team this week? You know, that's a really good question. Um, you know, on one hand, they've really gotten the ground game going. Um, and obviously, Missouri's uh, linebacker is out for the season. Um, unfortunately, which uh, you hate to see. But um, so, I mean, maybe there is an opportunity there for Ole Miss to really get the running game going. Um, but, you know, it's really going to come down to whether or not Ole Miss can create some plays in the passing game. We know they have some really talented receivers. Uh, but Plumlee hasn't been the most accurate with the football. 
Um, so they're going to have to complete some passes in this game, I think, uh, to get to really open up those running lanes because Missouri, even without um, – God, I just totally lost track of his name. But the – the line- No, the linebacker who got hurt from Missouri, mm-hmm. I'm just like totally drawing a blank right now. I do – I'm sorry, but um, anyway – um, unfortunately he's going to be out. So, um, you know, maybe that gives Ole Miss an opportunity, but I still think Ole Miss is going to have to complete some passes in this game to, uh, open up those running lanes against Missouri. Cause I still think they're good enough to slow down that running game enough to, uh, you know, um, win this game. It would be Kale Garrett. Oh, is he, who are you thinking of? Do you like Kale? Um, no, I will. Eat it. Have you ever had kale? I think I have. I'll eat you it if it's. You think you've had it, but you know you don't like it. Is it. Did I get that right? Yes. I think I'm thinking of quinoa. I know I've had that. Do, like like, do you just like not like the idea of it? Like when you just think about it, you're just like, no, I'm not going to eat that. Or do you think you've had it and you hated it? I'm more of like, a, I don't like health, like really healthy, like things that are like have no butter, sugar, salt, no, any of that stuff. I feel like it's not good. Like oil. What's that? Or oil. Or oil. Yeah. But, I mean, there's some healthy things I like. But kale, um, kale's not one of them. There's a store here, a restaurant. I don't know if it's a – I guess it's a restaurant called Kale Me Crazy, and everybody talks about how great it is. But you'll never catch me there um, during lunch lunch break uh, t- tearing it up. I definitely will go to Chick-fil-A before I go there. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, uh, kale, kale me ready for uh, this Ole Miss Missouri game. Ooh. Hey, yeah. Uh, gotcha. Um Okay, so, Holt, you said you talked about Plumley, and everybody talks about his athletic ability and running ability, um, and nobody really talks about how great of a passer he is because he's not. And everybody talks about how he's not very accurate as a passer. But he's just – I think he's just a freshman, right? And is that not something you can teach or he can learn uh, as he gets older? I mean, I do think so. You know, some quarterbacks get better over the course of their career. Some, you know, some quarterbacks come in and – they're really erratic and they really work on their footwork and their timing and they are able to improve their accuracy. Um, so I definitely think that that's something that could happen. It's just um, during Rich Harder career, he doesn't really have a track record of quarterbacks getting better under him. They usually kind of stay the same as far as the passing game goes. You know, you think about uh, Denard Robinson and uh, Khalil Tate and, you know, I mean, Pat White was a, was a pretty good passer, but I don't know how much he improved really over the course of his career. Um, so you, you kind of wonder as far as that aspect goes, like the coaching aspects, um, and plus who's to say Rich Rodriguez is even going to be there for his whole career. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, I think it kind of comes down to him and, uh, whatever coaching he gets on whether or not he can improve his, uh, accuracy. But, um, I think a lot of it just comes down to just having a good attitude and being a hard worker and, um, doing whatever it takes to improve every year. And uh, he strikes me as the kind of guy who is going to do whatever it takes to take that next step as a quarterback. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I think I had to fact check you for one, maybe JP confirmed, but Denard Robinson, I think, was under Brady Hoke, if I remember correctly. Cause not, I was in- not initially, but uh, his – his breakout seasons were under Brady Hope. I do specifically remember the uh, 2010 Gator Bowl, um, Richard Rodriguez's last game at Michigan, where Denard Robinson was the quarterback. But I do appreciate um, you fact-checking me on that. Even though Was that the Javion Clowney tackle play game? 
the Gator Bowl was the Outback Bowl. Michigan and South Carolina. It was in 2011, Alex. Actually, no, no. It was in 2012 when that happened. So that was not Denard Robinson? Is that what we're saying? Uh, I mean, that, was, that was not the Clowney hit game. That was in 2012 in the Outback Bowl. Mm, it's all running together at this point. 2012 season. So 2013 Outback. Yeah, Jeffy, I, was this... talk, I was talking about the 2010 Gator Bowl when Mississippi State played Michigan. Oh, that was where they. That was where everybody took over the SEC that day. Just destroyed the Big Ten, right? Yeah, that was the same day that uh, Alabama beat Michigan State by like a hundred points in the yeah. uh, Capital One Bowl. Yep, that was one of the games where they shouldn't have been. In, like they thought they should have been playing for national championship, but they lost like three games that year. I think, right? Yeah, I mean that may have been one of the most talented Alabama teams that they've had, and they still lost three games that year. That was the Stephen Garcia year. They lost to LSU on the road, and then they lost to Cam Newton when they blew that big lead in the Iron Bowl at home. Um, so that was definitely a rough year for for Alabama, even though they were so talented. I mean, I, I remember that Capital One Bowl. It was like, you know, Mark Ingram and Trent Richardson both had over 100 yards, and it's like the third quarter, and they're winning by a million. And, you know, then Eddie Lacy comes out of nowhere and just runs for like a long touchdown run. I mean, and Kirk Cousins got absolutely killed that game. I'm surprised that like he – I mean, he didn't walk off the field. He had to get carried off the field by his teammates. But I'm surprised that he played football again after that day because he took a beating. Man, I forgot about Eddie Lacy. He was – I think he was too fat to play in the NFL. I think that was, like, his issue because he was good when he first started. But then he, like, had weight issues, which I don't understand. Like, I feel like it's not that hard to uh, cut weight when you're working out so much. But maybe it is. Well, it's just different for different people, Alex. Some people lose weight easily. Some people don't. True. true. You know it's, what I mean? No so, judgment zone. No judgment not to be judging people based on like genetics and things they can't control, no matter how. I mean, I will say Eddie Lacy probably did eat a ton of junk food, from what I've heard. But that being said, you know you can't outwork a bad diet. And not all of us are blessed with high metabolism. Are you sure he didn't eat? He didn't like try to eat some kale halt to slim down. I'm not sure of anything. All I know is that he he did get to a point in his career where he was fat. Um, I'm not really sure how we got to this from the Ole Miss-Missouri game, but I guess here we are. It, it happens. It happens. JB, is this Arkansas-Kentucky game, is this like the unofficial shittiest bowl game in the – like shittiest bowl game team in the SEC? Is that what we're going to call it? The shittiest team in the SEC. Is this like the winner or the loser gets the shittiest team award in SEC? No, no, absolutely not. Uh because I don't think – Why don't you sh- – you got to shit on some somebody's fans. You can't just be Mr. Pokely correct for everyone. All right, Alex, don't try to be funny here. But, uh, no, uh, Kentucky is not anywhere near the uh, worst conversation here. Uh, to me, it's either got to be uh, Vanderbilt or Tennessee at this moment. I mean, I, mean, I you could say Arkansas, but even if Arkansas loses this game, I still wouldn't consider this like the loser being the shittiest thing. If Kentucky loses, I, don't, I wouldn't still put them in the conversation yet. But uh, at this moment, I would say Vanderbilt's the worst team in the conference. Paul, if Kentucky loses this game, how can they be ranked ahead of Arkansas on the power rankings? I don't know. Like that, if Kentucky loses this game, like they got to be the shittiest team in the SEC. I mean, <laughs> it would still be between them and Vanderbilt. I think. Like, I mean, it's honestly like it's really a week to week competition on like who can out shitty each other between Arkansas and. <laughs> And if Kentucky loses to Arkansas at home um, after getting blown out by Mississippi State and South Carolina, who are not good teams, I mean, man, like, it's just like, it's kind of like, you know, like, oh, you think you're shitty? Well, hold my beer and watch this because I'm about to fucking lose to Arkansas at home. 
<laughs> so at least we 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 trust um i want to say bob but mark stoops a little bit more than chad morris because he had his good year last year and technically he has improved every year except for this year so we kind of we kind of have well a- I mean, they did lose a lot off last year's team um so I, I i think stoops is like okay this year um but i was definitely sort of hoping that he wouldn't take such a big step back this year um like years they have but you want to make sure Mississippi State beats them, of course. You don't want them to be, like, too far ahead where they beat Mississippi State. No, definitely not. And, uh, you know, I mean, Mississippi State has still beat South Carolina or still beat Kentucky, like, I think 13 out of the last 15 years or something, like, stupid like that. So, I think it's okay. Yeah, and you look at Kentucky's schedule the rest of the way, um, there's still easily a path for them to make it to a bowl. Even as disappointing as they've been so far, their schedule's still favorable for them to get six wins and, you know, go bowling and, you know, have a still a really solid season, even though they lost a lot of guys from last year. I don't honestly don't know if it's been disappointing this far. The only game that's really they should have won or could have won was South Carolina, and that was at South Carolina. Right. So I don't really know that it's been disappointing to date. I mean, they, they, they had the Florida game, uh, in, 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 we'll say, under control for about three and a half quarters. And- yeah, but, I mean, they were supposed to lose that game before the game started. So, like, yeah, they could have won the game you know, after three quarters or whatever, but they were supposed to lose a game initially, and Florida's now, like, a top ten team still, like, a legitimate top ten team. So, I don't know. Um, even – I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of interested in this game. I might watch this game over the LSU-Florida uh, game just because I want to see who's the shittiest team in the SEC is. Um, but that'll, that'll just make one of us, I guess, because everybody else is going to watch well, LSU. I will say that if Kentucky loses this game – that Kentucky Vanderbilt game all of a sudden gets really interesting for this podcast. Like, I really think we should have like a huge like watch party for if Kentucky loses this game. We need to have like a giant watch party for the Kentucky Vanderbilt game to award the shittiest team award. We can maybe like maybe the trophy could be like a toilet seat or something like that. It gets even better because like the Kentucky and Vanderbilt both haven't played Tennessee yet. So like if whoever keeps uh, going, then you got you got basically yeah. I mean, if Kentucky loses, I mean you. Could put them in the conversation, but I still don't think they will be. Yeah, in that, that'd be a three-team playoff in the East. Yeah, I still don't think Kentucky is going to be in the conversation at the end of the season, though. I, I think – I still see, see a floor where they get five wins. Yeah, we'll see, though. Um, I think we should move Arkansas up to, like, number three or whatever in the power rankings if they beat Kentucky just, just for the hell of it. Just because, I mean, it you know it would get, like, a 1,000 or 2,000 retweets because Arkansas fans are, like, 90% of our followers now. Yeah, I mean, we do love Arkansas fans, and I feel like we say it's every podcast, but, you know, we love you, but I hate to break it to you. Your team is really shitty. I hope you're a Cardinals fan. It happens It happens to the best of us. Um, we do need to try that place in Arkansas, that that uh, barbecue place that they retweeted the hell out of. Catfish Hole. No, 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 no. That, that, was, that, not, that was a good place too, JB, but there was a barbecue place that uh, we we did the retweet contest, and, like, it won by a landslide just because there's a lot of Arkansas fans. But um, it did look pretty good, and they were talking it up pretty big. But I think it was in, like, Little Rock or something. Or maybe it was Fayetteville. I don't know. It was one of the two. And that's not close. I, like, I thought it was in, like, the middle of nowhere. Maybe I'm, like, totally misremembering. But I thought it was, like, a place that was, like, in, the, like, some town I never heard of. Yeah. I'm going to have to look at it. Um, and I don't think I can find it quick enough on Google. Well, why don't you just ask JB a question about Tennessee and then let him talk for five minutes and you can look it up and report back? <laughs> no, I'll, yeah, you're right. I can because JB can probably talk about Tennessee for a little minute. Uh, JB, uh, Florida LSU game. 
I know it's going to be a good game, but are you most excited to hear the LSU fans say, suck that tiger dick? Yeah, that's if they'll uh, free neck for this game. I hope that they uh, do neck at least once in this game. Do they Do they have to sing the song for them to say, suck that tiger dick, or can they just say that? No, like... no man, that's, I, that's just if the LSU uh, band plays neck. I mean, I hope they do. But, man, there is so much uh, riding on this game. I mean, there is just nothing but pure hatred between these two teams and the fan bases. I mean, the last few years in this game has always been really exciting. And, you know, of course, I remember up like three years ago, there was the goal line stand. Uh, last year we had the, uh, the game in which uh, there was a pick six that uh, put the game away for Florida. Florida upset LSU, and LSU looked like they were uh, starting to get on a roll and then now, this year, we got both teams undefeated. Uh, LSU looks like a national championship caliber contender. Florida is still trying to prove themselves as a, uh, you know, SEC contender, even though they're ranked seventh in the country and 6-0 and undefeated. They're still not getting the respect they deserve. So they got a, they got a lot to prove in this one to come out and go into Tiger Stadium and come, try to come up with a victory. Because if they do get a victory, uh, they're automatically in the conversation for the college football playoff. And they won't be disrespected anymore. But then, so, yeah, there's a lot of storylines riding in this game. And up until this point, this is now officially the game of the year. BT Dubs, whole, the name of the barbecue place is Wright's Barbecue, and it's in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Nice. So uh, the pictures do look pretty appetizing on Yelp. By the way, whenever I was going to North Carolina for a wedding a couple weeks ago, I looked up good barbecue places in uh, Green, where was it? Uh, not Asheville, uh, Greensboro. And there's a shit ton of barbecue places because that's like on the way to the, like Lexington or through Lexington, North Carolina, where the like North Carolina barbecue is famous. And all the pictures on Yelp didn't look great, but like it all got good reviews. Um, I cannot report back to you or confirm that it was good or bad barbecue because we had Chick-fil-A instead. But um, I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't judge a barbecue by its Yelp is all I'm saying. Yeah. And you know what? You can never really go wrong with Chick-fil-A. True that. Like, you know what you're getting with that. No matter what, it could be Chick-fil-A in South Carolina, California, Texas. Um, but if you're in Texas, JB, why would you not go to Whataburger? Am I right? I am right. And just speaking of Whataburger. <laughs> I am right. Speaking of Whataburger, I just, I received a text from my sister today that uh, she bought some uh, Whataburger spicy ketchup at a uh, store where she lives in Midland, Texas. And she says she's going to be bringing it to me for Thanksgiving. So I am beyond excited and I'm going to have some Whataburger spicy ketchup in a bottle that I can use for all of my own uh, home fixings. I'm sure you can use it. I'm sure you can order it on like Amazon or something. You can, but uh, it's still coming from a store. JB, what's the over under for Whataburger spicy ketchup packets now? I feel like you have, I would set the over under at like 20 probably. Uh, My stash is less than 10, but I I did use two uh, uh, today when I uh, made some burgers on the grill. But, uh, I'm trying to make them last. I, I, I break them out when it's a special meal. <laughs> Burgers is one of those things that you really can never get tired of because we had it for lunch for, for Whataburger and dinner that night for burgers. And then I think I had it the next day too, or like I had it I had it Sunday um, at Buffalo Jack's. BT Dubs, I, we did see uh, me and uh, my lady friend. Did yeah. Oh, you saw, you heard, you heard. What yeah, about, right? uh, yeah, when uh, I saw Brad Logan later, that, or before he even went, because he was talking about going, and I was like, you know, I'm pretty sure Alex and uh, and Homegirl are going to be there. I don't want to say her name on the podcast because I don't know if you want me to or not. So I'll just call her Homegirl for now. Yeah. But uh, I told him that y'all are going to be there, 
And uh, then I saw him later, and he was like, yeah, you're right. I, I ran into him. He said y'all were both, like, looking for a table at the same time. Yeah. And uh, you ended up just sitting together because it was pretty packed. So that was pretty cool. You, did you did you trick him into buying you some food or, or what? <laughs> no, I did not. Me and, me and Astro, excuse me, the homegirl, were joking about it afterwards because when the bill came up, I was very close, but I didn't. I was very close to paying with the, the cash I won in the left-right center game in front of him that he basically gave to me, but I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hold off because I didn't want him to be like, oh, you're welcome, sir. <laughs> and what's funny is we went back after that meal. Uh, we stayed. We both stayed to under the Titans and the Bears game, just two different games. We both watched the Bears lose and the Titans lose together. It was it was a great moment for us to basically hold each other. Um, but we uh, we both went back to the condo after the game, or I went back to the condo after the game to like basically get clear out all the beer in the fridge and get put on put on ice and then then i didn't know but apparently brad was going back too so we went back we said said our goodbyes at buffalo jacks and then we went back to the condo i saw saw brad in there hanging out i was like oh i guess we're hanging out some more yeah he didn't even tell me about that part no it's kind of funny i was like you you following us brad what are you doing <laughs> he was uh he was a good sport about it all nonetheless there is College football still to be discussed besides um, keeping the beer cold, which was a good – I'm very proud of myself, Holt, for um, – I'm proud of you for not drinking all the beer, first of all, but I'm proud of myself for thinking to put it on ice and taking it back. So it basically saved me 10 beers. 10 beers. Yeah. Well, I actually uh, left that in there for my mom, but it's cool. Oh, that's okay. Well, I'll, um, I'll have you some beers here next time you, you come – you decide to come around. Um, the Florida-LSU game, Holt. Um, you've already talked about this. No, JB's already talked about this. So let's let's let you talk about this for a second. Hole. What I'm thinking here is Joe Burrow is unofficially the Heisman leader right now, according to one Bleacher Reports uh, article I read today. Is that Joe Burrow is the leader for Heisman? And Florida has a blitzing defense, and this game's at LSU. So should you think Joe Burrow can get rid of the ball quick enough to make Florida pay for all the blitzing? I think so. And, you know, I think Grantham's maybe dialed it back a little bit this year, but uh, I think the truth remains that if you're going to beat this defense, you got to – I mean, what do I always say, Alex? Let's see how, how much you listen to me. What do you got to do to beat Todd Grantham's defense? Um, I would say if – I wasn't listening to you, but if I would be a wow. guest. I, I say it on this podcast, like, literally every time we talk about Florida's defense. Short, quick pass. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, even JB knows what I'm going to say. I would say screens are short, quick passes. All right, all right, JB. What 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 beats Todd Grantham's defense? You got to throw the ball deep to one of your big play receivers, and LSU's got three of them. So yeah, that is a big factor in this game, and also another big factor <laughs> that you got two opportunistic defenses that force a lot of turnovers. And for Florida to stay in this game, it's not just that they're gonna have to match what LSU's offense scores; they're also gonna have to create some turnovers and give themselves a short field as well. Um, hold on. I'm gonna actually have to take away uh, LSU's great defense card until they prove it because they haven't really shown it to me as much this year. Well, we did just talk in the recap two days ago about how they shut an offense down that averaged over 500 yards per game and only allowed Utah you know, State, though. I don't know. I know it's a group of five team, but a good offense is a good offense. There's you can have a good offense in a group of five school and still be productive against you know power five schools. I mean, look at uh, UCF and how they've been pretty good. They play. 
Yeah, I guess. I guess. But, well, they can prove it again against Florida. Florida doesn't have the best offense, but it's not bad. It's uh, it's well managed by the, the head ball coach. I don't know if you – I feel like that's sacrilegious to say that. But uh, well managed by Dan Mullen, I feel like. So, um, if they come out and keep Florida under – under 14 or under 20, then you can maybe say they're a good defense again. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, the way that Florida's kind of moved the ball this year, they haven't really been that flashy. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm, to me, this is like the matchup of the game. It's Florida's offense versus LSU's defense. Um, I know that Florida's defense is a strength and LSU's offense is a strength, so a lot of people think that that's like the matchup. But I think LSU is going to be able to put up some points in this game. I think it's really going to come down to Florida's offense. And are they able to consistently move the ball and to keep up with the LSU offense? Um, Because pretty much every game this year since Trask has been in, it's been a very simple game plan, very conservative, a lot of short passes, getting those playmakers, the wide receiver involved. But it's not going to be the same this week because I think they're going to have to create more big plays to keep up with LSU. And um, but one thing I will say, like I'm all over LSU in this game. I I think they're going to win this game big. I honestly like there's a 13 point line for LSU, and I would take LSU to cover that pretty comfortably. Um, I know a lot of people may disagree with that, um, but really my one my one reservation, just one thing I want to throw out there, just for people to think about, even though I'm totally contradicting what I just said is every year since Dave Aranda's been at LSU, Dan Mullins had a really good game plan for him. Um, usually Dave Aranda is, is one of the top defensive coordinators in the country, but Dan Mullen usually has a good plan for moving the ball against him. So that's just one thing to watch. But I think at the end of the day, LSU's offense is just too talented. They're going to create some big plays in this game against Todd Grantham's defense, who will give up big plays um, if you're able to complete downfield passes. And LSU with those receivers – and Joe Burrow playing like he's playing right now, I think LSU is going to put up some pretty big offensive numbers in this game. And I just don't think that Florida's offense is going to be able to keep up with them. Holt, are you a believer in, like, at the casino when you're playing um, what's called crab, not crabs, uh, maybe crabs. What, what's the roulette is what I'm thinking of. When Is it crab, like with the, when you roll the dice? Yes, but no, I'm thinking of roulette. Um, are you a believer whenever it lands on black ten times in a row, you're like, oh, well um, – it should land on red eventually. So I'm going to keep betting red until it lands on red. Do you believe in that? Yes. Uh, no, I don't. Um, I believe like once it's been, once it gets to a certain number, like it's been like black, however many times in a row, like I, like I just wait for an opportunity to go red um, instead of keeping to play black. But the strategy hasn't really worked for me too well in the past. Uh, Cause one time I literally just, was feeling like super froggy and got like a hundred dollar bill and <laughs> it had been uh red like six times in a row and i put all 100 on black and it did not come up red it actually uh landed on the double zero green god dang yeah so that happened to me um, the only reason why i asked that by the way that's a fallacy i talked to somebody about that earlier today um because it's still 50-50 either way, or technically not 50-50, it's 48-48, whatever it is. Um, and it's supposed to be the same probability each time. The only reason why I bring that up, Holt, is because Joe Burrow's had uh, five good five good slash great games in a row, and do you believe that eventually he's due for a bad game? I don't – I mean, I wouldn't say that. Um, I mean, obviously he's going to have a worse game of the year at some point. 
Um, how bad is his worst game of the year? When's it going to be? Um, you know, those th- are the things we don't know. But, um, you know, I mean, talk, you know, Grantham has uh, was a really good defensive coordinator. He's going to throw a lot of looks at him. And Florida's got a lot of athletes on defense. So, I mean, I could definitely see Florida's defense making some plays in this game. Um, but, honestly, right now, the way Joe Burrow's playing and with those receivers, I just – I just have a hard time believing that Florida's going to be able to just completely shut them down. Jebby, can we give either of the running backs from either team some love, or is this going to be a pure defense slash passing game? I mean, I think that I mean, I, mean I, I do like some of the running backs for these teams. Of course, I don't know if you know, but Leonard Fournette is no longer with the uh, team for LSU. Uh, he uh, left the team. I don't know what his future holds, but uh, he is gone now. But, I mean, they still got, you know, some two awesome backs in Edward Tiller and also uh, Don Emery. But of course, I mean, LaMichael P. Ryan's is quietly having a really good board. I mean, they're, they're, they're solid at running back for both teams, but obviously the quarterback battle Burrow is definitely the edge. But I mean, yeah, I, I do like the, uh, the running backs for both teams. I mean, they're not the greatest backs, but I mean, they both get the job done. Yeah, I guess. So uh, P. Ryan did have a good game last week against Auburn uh, that I said in the recap, by the way. He did. He had an 88-yard, uh, you know, breakaway that pretty much uh, decided the game. What I like to see with running backs is when they have, like, 150 yards, I like to see how many of those, like, what was their long or how many big plays they had. Because I'd rather have a running back that is more consistent getting six or seven yards than uh, a long, you know, 80-yard run that's, like, 90% of their overall yards, if that makes sense. Or maybe not. Yeah, well, this should be a really good game, and I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I know Death Valley is going to be lit, um, as the younger generation likes to say. Um, and I'm really looking forward to uh, to watching this one. JB, what scares you most about this Mississippi State-Tennessee game? I mean, everything, because you're a Tennessee fan? I mean, I, this game, to me, what scares me the most is that I don't know what to expect. I mean, I'm still it's still the same narrative. Uh, game that it was a month ago and what it was in July when we were doing our previews. Like, I don't think any of us expected Mississippi State to be as bad as they were, and I don't think Tennessee people expected Tennessee to be even worse than what they were expected to be. Uh, but this game, to me, is really unpredictable because if Maurer can come in and uh, play the way he did for the majority of the game against Georgia and the defense uh, hold their own, I mean, I definitely think Tennessee's got a shot in this one. And, uh, you know, through it, uh, if he can conjure up, you know, a good game plan to try to limit uh, what Joe Moorhead and his scheme can do against his defense, I mean, there's definitely a chance for them. I mean, crazy things have happened. I mean, last year, Pruitt pulled, you know, pulled a rabbit out of his ass and beat Auburn on the road when no one expected it. I mean, maybe this game could be one of those games for him where he uh, makes a, has a great victory. Of course, last year, it wasn't just Auburn, but also Kentucky. So, I mean, he's, he's overdue now for a uh, win this year that comes when it's not supposed to be expected. Holt, give us some insight for this Alabama-Texas a game. The only thing I can think about is Alabama's offense is obviously great, but we've been hyping up Texas a defense and Elko, defensive coordinator. Um, are they going to be the first team to slow down this Alabama offense at College Station? So you're just like, now you're going to let me talk about the Mississippi State-Tennessee game? No, because I'm uh, giving you uh, some sleep tonight is what I'm trying to do. You can talk about Mississippi State if you want to. Alex, 
I will literally reach to this phone and fucking strangle you. Man, I mean, nobody wants to hear about Mississippi State beating Tennessee. JB's already talked about it. I didn't say Mississippi State was going to beat Tennessee. This what I don't understand is, like, you literally just spent more time talking about whatever the hell you were just talking about than you did the entire Mississippi State-Tennessee game. Like, I mean, look, like, I love you, but we got to figure this out. Well, give me, give me some give me some great insight about Mississippi State that Jebby didn't already say. Or Tennessee. Well, I feel like there's too much pressure on me now because I feel like I have to give, like, some – I made a big deal about it. So now I have to give, like, some really good analysis. Otherwise, well, it's just going to look is, like uh, This is where you perform well under clutch. This is what you're known for, well under pressure. Well, what I was going to say was I don't think Mississippi State is a good enough team to be favored by seven on the road against anybody. Um but I think this game is really going to come down to the lines of scrimmage, as most games do. One thing to look out for game is Mississippi State's quote-unquote suspended players on defense are going to be playing in this game um, from all indications. So they will have their best defensive lineman and their um, all-conference linebacker, Willie Gay, available for this game. And the one game they played this year against Kentucky was by far their best defensive game of the season. Um, so that's something to kind of look out for. And also, Colin Hill, I expect him to kind of get back on track this week um, after a tough, you know, performance at Auburn um, where they were really able to limit the run game. Um, nobody really knows which quarterback is going to play for a state. Um, I don't think it makes a huge difference one way or the other. I think the offense is a little bit better with Stevens. But, you know, at the same time, he gets hurt every time someone breathes on him. So, kind of hard to say um, if he's going to be able to, you know, make it through the game or not. And um, I think it's just – it's really going to come down to Mississippi State's offensive line. Um, I think that's um, kind of the key for the game. Mississippi State has to really play well against that Tennessee defensive line that's kind of struggled this year and uh, get Colin Hill going. And if they do that, I think they should be okay. But, you know, I definitely – if I was betting on this game, I would definitely take Tennessee uh, with the point home. Oh, did you hear about uh, Jeffrey Simmons becoming active by week seven for the Titans? Um, no, I did not hear about that, but um, the Titans will definitely be better with him because he's a beast. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he will come back from the injury. I mean, I, I would actually be kind of scared for him to come back that soon um, from an injury like that. So we'll see. But I think the game plan was to get him back by like week seven. Week He's already practicing with the team, but um, get him a few snaps at week seven or eight or something like that. And hopefully by the end of the year, he'll make more of an impact. Um, but, yeah, I would love – to see him in the Titans. It's one of those players that I almost forgot about um, that we drafted him because we haven't seen him play this year. But then I don't know how you could really forget about him given the, the draft night he had an ESPN made about it. You got anything else? No, I'm just going to keep going out in left field further and further until I go over the, the wall here. Do You haven't talked about Memphis yet. What's going on with them? Uh, we're favored by five or six at Temple, man. It's, it's going to be a tough one. We need, to, we need to stay undefeated so we can – Go to go to the game day strong against SMU. Yeah, and you you still got to hear where uh, me and Holden our predictions for that Memphis Temple game too. I know I'm I'm scared. I'm scared. Actually, I mean I prefer y'all to not pick Memphis. That'd be great. Um, we are the game, and that's coming up uh, in a few minutes uh, later on in this podcast at the end when we do our famed picks, our famous picks. Um, so a couple more games. Let's talk about real quick. South Carolina Georgia. We haven't talked about it at all. Um, I think it's just because we think Georgia's going to win by a million points. But, uh, JB, do you have any brilliant analysis to add to this game other than Georgia's going to look like Georgia and South Carolina's going to look like South Carolina? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be uh, thrashing. I mean, just put it the least. I mean, you saw what Georgia did Tennessee last week. Granted, I mean, it wasn't really as much of a thrashing as the score showed. But, I mean, Georgia just ultimately prevailed on talent alone in, the, in you know, the later stages of the game and were able to put them away. But that was on the road. This one's at home against the South Carolina team that is uh, still struggling to find its identity. Georgia, to me, is just a really balanced team right now. They're on a roll. Um, you know, they got a really great offensive line. They're really solid on defense. Uh, Fromm is a really stable quarterback, makes all the right reads, the right throws, protects the football. I mean, I, I, to me, I think this game is going to be – it's not going to be like a, one of those games where they're up 21 nothing halfway through the first, but they're slowly just going to build a lead over the course of this game, and it'll probably be – They'll probably end up a score or something like, you know, 38 to uh, 6 by the time the game's over. Do you think Will Muschamp's wife will let, her, let him go home tonight or this, after this game? I mean, he's the one that's bringing in the money, so yeah. Mm. But she doesn't like losers, remember? She may not, but um, as long as he's making, you know, that $3.5 million per year that he's getting from South Carolina, I think she'll be okay with it. Would you marry Will Muschamp for $3.5 million a year? No, because I don't roll that way. Mm, I, Sign me up. I, I feel like whole smash doesn't care about that at that point. Well, I mean, do I get half of it? Yeah, I think that's that's the stipulation. You're you're entitled to fifty fifty because of marriage and no no prenup signed either. Yeah, and plus I don't have to have a job either. Yeah, I'll take it. And all you can do is watch football. Yeah, might have to riddle South Carolina, but it doesn't mean you can't riddle Mississippi State in the West. I mean, I don't mean to go down this road, but like, is. Is being married to a guy and not having a job worse than like having a job and not being married to a guy and being broke? Um, I mean, what do you- yeah, I mean it's it's a debate for another conversation, another podcast, but um, it's. Well, I mean, just think about it. like think about all the hours you save by not having to go to work. Yeah, and you can just watch football and tell tell your husband how he's not a great coach. <laughs> yeah, and plus he's a coach, so he's going to be going all the time anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I feel like that's a very easy decision. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you should you should look into it. Um, Holt, Alabama, Texas A&M. I'll send him a DM. Send him DMs. Find the DMs. Alabama, Texas A&M. Do you remember my question from earlier? Do you want me to repeat it? Um, no, but it doesn't really matter because Alabama's going to win this game pretty easily. Um, but A&M's defense. Remember, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, I mean their secondary has been a lot better than I think we expected at the beginning of the year. So that's definitely good to see, but they haven't. Well, I mean, Clemson actually actually is really good um, at the quarterback and receiver position. So maybe they can slow down this offense a little bit um, at home. But it's just two has played so good. Those receivers have played so good. Like I just, I really have a hard time believing that they're not going to put up some big numbers on offense. And I just don't know what Texas A&M can do offensively. I mean, they're just they've been. Really less than stellar on offense this year. Obviously, you know, uh, Corbin, the running back, got injured in the Clemson game, which you hate to see. But Kellen Mond just really hasn't taken that step forward that we've been waiting on. Um, he's shown flashes throughout his career that he could be a really good player. And you think that with more experience, he's going to, you know, get better and be more consistent. But we just haven't seen it. And um, I'm starting to think that we're not ever going to see it. Um but, it, I mean, it would definitely be exciting if he played a big game this weekend. I just don't really have any faith in him to do it. And I think that if A&M's got any chance in this game, they need to kill him on to play out of his mind. Could a Texas A&M team, the current team as construed right now, with uh, Mike Evans and Travion Williams beat this Alabama team? 
I mean, no, I don't think so. I think they need a quarterback. They need Johnny Manziel. And the defense. Although I wouldn't, I wouldn't take Johnny. I'd take Kellen Mond over Johnny Manziel right now, I think. Yeah, we're going to disagree on that one. Okay. Okay. So, Alabama's going to win big. So, you're betting uh, Alabama to cover this one. Um, yeah, I always bet on Alabama to cover. True, true to that. That's all the – It's it so much that I always bet on them to cover as much as I never bet on them to not cover. Yeah. I used to not bet. I used to always bet on Alabama to not cover when they're playing a low key, lower opponent. But when they're playing an SEC opponent, you pick them to cover every time. You yeah, also they, don't really bet, though, JB. Well, like Holt said, Saban's making an example. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I think that's all the SEC games we have covered. And it's almost time for the world-famous picks. Well, let's talk about national games just for a second. The big one, obviously, is the Oklahoma-Texas game. There's also – the Penn State Iowa game. Um, JB, are you excited for 11 a.m. big time college football matchup? I am, and I am really wanting to see what Oklahoma does in this game. I mean, Texas is uh, throwing some bulletin board material out of this one, especially uh, aimed at uh, Jalen Hurts because Jalen Hurts was asked if um, he had played in a big game like this, and he said, Absolutely, I played in the Iron Bowl and I played in some big games in the SEC and then some. Longhorn defensive backs were jabbing, saying that uh, he hasn't seen physical rivalries and the physicality like he is in that Oklahoma-Texas game. And, like, I don't know what those Texas defensive backs are thinking because the last few years in this rivalry has been very finesse and not as physical. And that plays right into Oklahoma's hands because they're definitely, I think, can out-finesse Texas in this game. Hold, do you understand why Horns Down is so offensive to Texas? Because to me, it doesn't really make sense. Like, I, I can understand, like, the symbol, why it's a little offensive. But, like, everybody gets so butthurt about the Horns Down. And, like, they, they get all offended about it. I mean, I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, I just think that Texas fans being Texas fans, you know, they're whiny little babies. You know what? Like, if you're going to have some stupid hand gesture, like, people are going to make fun of it. Like, that's just part of the deal. You know what I mean? Uh, I always think about um, back in that 2007 season when Auburn made that field goal against Florida and the kicker did, like, the gator chomp. And then, was that Bond, JB? That no, was West Byron. Byron. West yeah, Byron. West Byron. True freshman. Right. And then, you know, I remember Chris Jones. Um, I think it was actually he tackled Robert. They put Robert Kimdichie in the game. Uh, running back and they handed it off to him and Chris Jones made a big tackle behind the line of scrimmage and did the uh did the land shark thing so I, I just always feel like if you have like some hand gesture like people are going to make fun of it um when they're when they're playing against you and when they make a big play and to me if you don't want people making fun of your hand gestures then don't have hand gestures yeah and, and also I have a rule of beef with the big 12 conference what a uh, pussy move they've made by but I don't know if this is for sure. I mean, I'm guessing this is true, that they are penalizing Oklahoma a 15-yard penalty at the beginning of the game for the Oklahoma Twitter putting a horns down a gesture on its no, Twitter. There's no way that's true. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, true. I, I posted it on our page, and it was from Blue Check Marks, so I believe it, uh, this actually is going to happen. I mean, I need There's to. There's no way. You also, you also thought, JB, that Harvey Opdyke on Twitter was a real Harvey Opdyke. No, I, I, I did look at this. When I retweeted, it was from Blue Check Marks. I know, but I, that doesn't change the fact that you thought Harvey Outback was tweeting from jail. <laughs> no comment from JB on that one. <laughs> yeah, no, it really was. I, I mean, I, I've got some things wrong, for sure, too. So, 
no worries there. But I, at first, like, I was like, man, JB's usually not wrong. So I had to think about it for a second. And then I kept thinking, I was like, there's no way he could be tweeting from jail, especially like the stuff he was tweeting. It was like so, so, uh, so much of a joke. But here, JB, I don't think they will get a 15 yard penalty, but they could. I guess they could. Uh, but I just don't think it will be happening. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was, it was, uh, I guess it was what they called future news, but okay. So, never mind. I don't have a beat yeah. with Big 12. <laughs> <laughs> they were making, I think that account was making a joke saying that. The Big Twelve probably would do something like that. That it isn't actually a penalty. Um, that would be like the dumbest thing I've ever heard too. If if they did do that, uh, but yeah, the Big Twelve uh, especially definitely caters to Texas. Uh, it's actually kind of sickening. I think that's part of the reason why Texas A&M left in the first place. Um, but you know what? It is what it is. I mean, that's definitely why Nebraska left as well. But. Yeah, it's definitely pretty easy to pull against Texas, and I love Jalen Hurts, so I'm definitely going to be pulling for Oklahoma in this one. And I think they're going to get the win because, I mean, they're outgaining Texas by almost 200 yards a game, and they're actually playing better defense as well, holding opponents to less than 100 yards a game than yeah. Texas is. So Oklahoma has been a much more dominant team to this point. Even though it is a rivalry game, um, I expect Oklahoma to have a big game in this one. Yeah, Oklahoma's defense has been much improved. New no defensive coordinator, right? They do. They yeah. don't have Stoops anymore as their D.C. I mean, Alex Grinch. Alex Grinch. I mean, their defense is – I mean, I wouldn't say Grinch has waved his magic wand and turned it overnight, but it's definitely improved from the last few seasons. And if they have a serviceable defense like we're seeing so far, along with their dynamic offense, they are a bigger contender, uh, you know, going forward the rest of this year and then in, into playoff contention. Another, the other big game is Penn State-Iowa. Uh, this isn't super cold, but it's starting to get a little chilly now. The, this is 7.30 Eastern time kick in Iowa, 52 degrees. Uh, not the coldest, of course, but kind of starts to concern me when temperatures get below 60. It's kind of sad. Well, it's that time of year, and uh, especially when you live in the northern part of the country. Uh, but this one should be really exciting. Obviously, it's at Iowa, so um, – you know, all hands are going to be on deck for this one. Penn State has really struggled against Iowa the last couple of years. So, uh, it'll be kind of an interesting matchup. I remember the last time Penn State went over there, uh, they, had to score, they had to win the game on a last-second touchdown pass by McSorley. So, um, Iowa definitely has some confidence against Penn State, and they're going to be at home, very tough place to play. And, um, you know, it's only a three-point line in this one. So, Vegas is expecting a close yeah. game. And, um, you know, I think it's – it's it's really going to come down to Iowa's defense, I think, and if they can limit some big plays from Penn State's offense. Yeah, and this is going to be a really low-scoring game, too. I mean, you're talking about two really dominant defenses going up against each other. And Iowa, for whatever reason at home, they always have some little bit of that Kinnick magic in which when they're at home, they always, you know, beat opponents that they're not supposed to. Penn State's a favorite team. Watch out for Iowa. This game, unfortunately, is at the same time as the LSU Florida game. So we'll have to, some of us will have to flip back and forth. Some of us can just watch two TVs or three TVs. I, well, I thought you had two TVs, Alex. What's up? I do, I do. But one TV isn't as reliable as the other. So I can, we'll see. We'll see. But I, I will attempt to watch two games at once as well. You should uh, tell everybody the story about um, the time you were watching the last second field goal and the cable went out and you had to run to the bedroom to see it on another TV. Yeah, you you remember that one pretty well because I didn't even tell you that one. Yeah, it was the uh, world famous App State at North Carolina game, and uh, I think it was North Carolina was trying to win, 
hit a game-winning field goal. And it was like 10 seconds left in the game. And so basically if they kick the field goal, the game's over, they win. They miss it, App State wins. And right as the kicker got the ball or right as they snapped the ball, TV froze and I had to run from the living room to the bedroom to watch the kick because I knew the TV was freezing all day. So I had had already turned it on in the bedroom, but I ran as fast as I could along with homegirl and friend. All of us ran to the bedroom to watch the last kick, which was kind of fortunate. It's kind of like one of those things where like, oh, it's watch it. It's going to go off right, right an important game or right important time or play of the game. And that's exactly what happened. It was uh, very, very unfortunate. But that is this world famous story. Yep, it is now world famous now that you said it on the very popular mm-hmm. SEC Slow Smoke podcast. The internet. I think it might be time for world famous picks, JB. Are you ready? I am absolutely ready for this. And uh, to give you an update, I know Alex is probably going to lead into it, but I'll go ahead and, and give an update where me and Holt currently stand through six weeks. I am currently one game up. I recently had a five game lead up through week four, but Holt has been on a tear the last two weeks. And he gained three games on me in uh, week five and then game one game on me in week six. So now I'm only one game ahead and we, as we approach the halfway point of the season. And the loser has to do what, JB? Well, the loser is going to have to wear the apparel of the team that we root for. So if I lose, I have to wear Mississippi State colors. If I if Holt loses, he has to wear Tennessee colors. And we don't have to just wear the, the colors. We also have to wear the colors take a picture, and make it our Twitter and Facebook profile picture for one month. Mm, that's going to be brutal, man. Brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, which makes it a little more interesting for me, the host. Um, so I think we had 10 games this week, which is kind of quite a bit. I'm hoping for some disagreements, and there might be a few in here. Um, let's start off with some right now. Arkansas at Kentucky. J- uh, JB. I got to go with Kentucky in this one. Hope. Yeah, I'm going Kentucky as well. Um, you know, we said it once, we said it a million times. You don't just walk into the grocery store and walk out with a win. You damn right. Kroger's a hard place to shop and win football games. I, mean, uh, I don't know if Arkansas has their Kroger card. Maybe they can get some savings. But Kroger Plus. Kroger Plus. Nebraska, Nebraska at Minnesota. Hope. Nebraska at Minnesota. Man. Um, I'll go with Minnesota in this one. Um, I picked them last week. They didn't let me down. A lot of people don't know this, don't enjoy talking about it, but Minnesota's still undefeated, so keep an eye out for them. Uh, you know, obviously they are at home. Minnesota's a underrated place to play, so I row the boat going with the with the uh, Gophers. This one's a really, really tough one for me. Uh, I don't I mean, it's I don't know. It's it's a toss up. I mean, I I can't really put my head around this game. I mean, Nebraska to me has been trick or treat so far this year, but I'm going to go with Minnesota. I mean, they've been they're undefeated. They've won all the games that they've played on their schedule. They've definitely shown some improvement. I have to go with the Gophers in this one. Uh, Holtz. Yeah, I'm going to go with Penn State in this one. I mean, man, this is a tough one. This game could really go either way. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Penn State. I just think they're a more talented team. Um, I definitely expect a very close one in this one. It's going to be a very hard-fought win. Um, 
but I was just really unimpressed with um, Iowa's offensive line last week and how they um, performed. They were my what a chicken from last week. So definitely not too happy about the Iowa offensive line. And um, I'm just worried about them being able to put up enough points to, uh, to keep up with Penn State in this one. JB, I know you have a love fest for Iowa. Is it going to continue this week? Well, you know, I think they're going to respond this week. I think Ooh. it's going to be into a whole thing. So I think this game is going to probably finish with both teams under 20 points. I think it's going to be low-scoring defensive affair. Um, it's going to be Iowa's defense versus Penn State's defense. And for every time Iowa plays a big game at home, they always seem to find a way, even when they're the underdog. I'm going to go with Iowa here. I think they bounced back from a disappointing loss at Michigan last week where they could have had chances to uh, beat them. They just couldn't generate enough offense. I think this week uh, they turned things around and they went in a very close one in Penn State. The first disagreement. I like it. Hawaii at Boise State. JB. Got to go with Boise State here. Although although I will say Hawaii has been very impressive this year on offense, but Boise State will be a really, really cold evening in Boise, Idaho. Yeah, I got to go with the Broncos on the Smurf turf. Uh, I've been really impressed with Hawaii this year, just like JB said. It's been a lot of fun to watch them play, aside from a pretty ugly performance against Washington. Uh, they do have two wins over the Pac-12 already this year, um, but I don't think they're going to be able to get the win in Boise. Washington State at Arizona State. JB? This one's really tough for me, too. This is a uh, another toss-up. But you know what? I think I am going to go with uh, Washington State here. Holt? Yeah, man. I mean, it's just Washington State's defense has been so bad this year, and I really love Herm Edwards, and they're at home. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Arizona State in this one. I really – god dang, I hate when we disagree on Pac-12 games because I feel like the Pac-12 is just like total crapshoot like every week. Um, but I'm going to go with Arizona State in this one. I trust the home team. Uh, Washington State is not the same team they were last year. And uh, I think Arizona State's going to be able to move the ball a little bit and slow down Washington State's offense and get the win at home. Game of the week, Memphis at Temple. Holt. Yeah, I'm going with Memphis. Um, I definitely think this is going to be a tough game for them. This is probably going to be their toughest test yet, um, even tougher than the Navy game. Temple's been pretty impressive this year. Um, definitely a solid team. But uh, I think Memphis just has a little bit too much um, on the offensive side for uh, Temple to – Keep up in this one. JB. Another tough one for me, too. Uh, Temple being the home team, and they already have an impressive win with Maryland already this year. Uh, Memphis looks shaky with uh, Brady White at quarterback. I mean, Memphis has won all the games they played, but I feel like Brady White's going to lose them a game or two before this year is over just because of his play. I don't think it's going to be this one, though. I'm going to go with Memphis. Ooh, man. Oh, talk about a head fake right there. Perfect. Like, you look. Talking like you're about to pick Temple the whole time, and then you like switched at the last second and took Memphis. I think he got scared. I think he was he was going to pick Temple, and then he changed his mind like the very last second. He just couldn't quite pull the trigger. I just threw a good curveball there, like Tim Wakefield. Oh, Tim Wakefield does knuckleball, but <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he, he threw, threw knuckleballs. knuckleballs. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Temple's Temple's defense has actually been really good this year, holding opponents under 300 yards a game. So, um, and their offense has been really good too, averaging almost 450 yards a game. So. It's going to be a really tough matchup for Memphis in this one, but I just think they're a little bit more talented. And um, I hope Memphis can stay undefeated because I would really like to see game day uh, come here if, if Memphis and SMU are both undefeated. Would you go to that game, Holt? 
don't know if I'd go to the game, but if game day was here, I might try to figure that out. I'll take like a Mississippi State flag or something and wave it like the Washington State flag. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, good game. I'm glad y'all both picked Memphis, but it kind of scares me because I don't like everybody picking Memphis. I like the world against us. Oklahoma at Texas, or I guess it's not at Texas. It's just listed as Texas um, as the home team. It's State Fair. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not really at um, either school's home campus. Um, Jamie, who you got? Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. They feel like this is the easy one, Holt. Yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma as well. Um, they just played really flawless this year. The, the, you know, they don't have to be great on defense. They just have to not be terrible. And they've definitely improved this year on the defensive side. Uh, I think Texas is going to put up some big offensive numbers in this one, but uh, Oklahoma is going to put up more. And I, I like Oklahoma to get get the win here. I'm thinking somewhere along the lines of like 42, 45 to 27, something along those lines. Last but not least, Florida at LSU, the game day game of the week. Holt, another easy one, I feel like, for both of y'all. Go ahead, though. Yeah, I got LSU. I got LSU big. Um, I think Joe Burrow is going to have a big game in those receivers. Um, Florida's coming off a big emotional win. And, uh, you know, everyone's talking about how great they are. And I think they're about to get brought back down to reality this week. And uh, this is not the last game, Alex. We still have two more to pick. But I'm going with the LSU Tigers here. Mm, we have two more, I think. You're right. I think. I'm going to try to guess the, which one's right. Nebraska and I've Minnesota. Already, I've, already, I've already made the list, and I've already put uh, marks next to the ones we've already picked. Have we done Nebraska and Minnesota, JB? Yes, we have. Have we done – are we done Mississippi State, Tennessee? We have not. Let's do that one real quick then. Uh, I see which ones we haven't done. Go ahead, JB. I think I'm going to have to go with Tennessee here. I think for some reason I think they're going to pull something out of their asses uh, and they're going to come away with a a weird victory. I think this game is going to be a really, really weird game too. I think it's going to be one of those where you think State is in control then there's going to be times where you think Tennessee is in control. I think there's going to be a lot of sloppy play, turnovers, but I think Tennessee uh, plays just slightly less flawless, and I think they come away with an ugly victory. Hold if uh, Mississippi State loses a game in Tennessee, they shouldn't let Joe Moore head back and start Bill. No, they should not even let him get back on the bus. Um, but, no, I'm going to go with Mississippi State in this one. I just feel like they have a better chance of winning both lines of scrimmage than Tennessee does. Um, that being said, Mississippi State Stevens has definitely not played well this year, but those suspended players from all accounts are going to be playing this week. So, obviously, having Willie Gay on the field is huge. He's their emotional leader. Having Lee Autry on the field as their best defensive lineman in a position group that has really struggled for State this year, I think is critical. And uh, I think Mississippi State has a better chance of running the ball and they have a better chance of stopping the run. So, you put those two things together, and even though they're on the road, um, I do expect them to get the win. Um, just because I feel like they have a better chance of dictating the tempo of this game. And um, obviously, uh, a little bit of a side note, but Bob Shute coming back to Tennessee, a place where you know a lot of people um, thought that he was overrated and kind of a joke. Um, I think he maybe has something to prove, and I think his players on defense are going to play hard for him. And But most importantly, I think having Willie Gay back on the field this week is going to be huge. He's their emotional leader, and um, he's I think he's going to make some big plays in this one. So, um, a simple, like, one or two-word answer would have been all right, Holt. 
Yeah, well, I don't really care what you think because yeah. you didn't really even let me talk about it the first time. So <laughs> yeah, I guess you're uh, you're getting your your time. Yep. The last game, Davey, I think, is Ole Miss at Missouri. That is correct, and I'll go ahead and pick one first. I am going with uh, the Missouri Tigers in this one. Go Tigers. Hope you. Yeah, I'm going Missouri as well. But Plumley, uh, but Plumley. Yeah, I mean, I like Plumley a lot, but going on the road, you know, it's really asking a lot. Uh, that Missouri defense has um, really improved since that Week One loss to Wyoming, and um, I just trust Kelly Bryant more uh, than I do Plumley. Plumley's still a true freshman. Going on the road, it's gonna be. Tough environment, and, um, you know, Missouri's kind of revitalized their season a little bit. I mean, they're kind of put themselves in a position to uh, maybe make some noise in the East with the way they played the last few weeks. So, um, they're going to be really focused in on this one, and um, I just I just trust Missouri's uh, offense, especially Kelly Bryant, uh, more so than Ole Miss and theirs. And um, I think Missouri's going to get the win at home. All right, so – that makes three games that me and Holtz have picked differently this week. We'll uh, recap those real quick. Tennessee, Mississippi State, Iowa, Penn State, and Washington State, and Arizona State. Those are the three games that we have a difference on. So, regardless, uh, there's going to be some shakeups this week between me and Holtz. We shall see what happens. It will be fun to watch for. Thanks for listening so far, unless you two have some final words. Uh, we're going to get this show off the road. Yeah, let's get the F up out of here. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later. See you. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh.